Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by my partner, the great Teddy Atlas. Today's episode is brought to you by Teddy's audiobook. Check it out at audible.com. There's a new audio version there. Atlas, from the streets to the ring, a son's journey to become a man. Check it out. If you've read the book, you'll enjoy the audiobook. There's some new uh, information on there, new chapters, um, bonus chapters for Audible listeners. Um, we're here in Lower Manhattan. As you can see from our attire, Teddy was coming from uh, one place and I was coming from another. I flew in from L.A. this morning. Teddy was up in ESPN doing live show at um, on Sports Center and some other hits at ESPN. We're about 20 hours removed from the heavyweight fight. Shocking, uh, maybe not shocking, but surprising to say the least at the outcome. Tyson Fury scores a seventh round knockout over Deontay Wilder. Teddy, when I mention the fight, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Didn't expect this one. Didn't <laughs> see this one coming, you know, to that extent. I mean, we saw some of it, but before we get started with that and delve into it more, and there's a lot to delve into, um, I, I, I didn't know if you were going to explain why I'm, I'm in a suit because, you know, obviously I was working, as you said, on ESPN Sports Center this morning and I came right here. And I was really going to say that I'm going to wear a suit from now on until you shave. <laughs> Fresh off a red eye flight, I didn't have time. Could could we, our man Rob? Could we get a sponsor for Razor Blades? <laughs> can we really? I I mean, we got we're, we're doing good with sponsorships, and we're getting good things, good things, you know, nutritional things and uh, the my bookie stuff and shorts and this and that. Razor Blades, <laughs> Rob. The only motivation you'll get from me there is the fact that my gray, my beard is completely gray How when about it comes this? in. How about <laughs> this? But this, I don't want to, uh, I got to be careful with this one because you look like Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> how about you don't shave until Deontay Wilder learns how to fight? Uh, yeah, that's a fair one. And listen, we've, listen we, we, we talk about what needs to be talked about here. You know, people don't like it. They take it personal. Hey, what can I do? What can you do? You know, you you tell the truth. Does it mean you're right? No. Listen, I got it wrong. I don't have to say full transparency. We're, we always, we care about being honest here. And it's not like I'm making a great revelation here because everyone heard me. <laughs> so, okay, gotcha. But still, I don't try to wiggle around it or, you know, try to make it look different or fudge it a little bit and, and make it a little cloudy. No, I, I got it wrong, but I got some things right. Got some things right. When he, when the weight was 273 and me and Stephen A were having our thing, you know, on ESPN going back and forth and he was saying, and a lot of people, not just Stephen A, Stephen A is good, but a lot of people were saying, hey, you know, it's just promotional talk that when he said he's going to knock him out in two rounds, he being fury. Oh, it's just promotional. It's it's bravado. It's it's BS. It's this. I said, even though I was going the other way, I said, no, no, I believe him. I believe he's telling the truth. First of all, when the 273 was part of what made me believe it was the truth, because you don't take your greatest, up to that point, your greatest physical attribute, which is your agility and mobility, which got him the draw to begin with, mm -hmm. the first fight. 
where you're moving around the ring like dancing with the stars. <laughs> you, you don't go and throw that out the window by putting on 200, going up 20 pounds almost to 273 pounds where you're going to flatten the tires, take the air out of the tires. When you do that, you know you're not going around the track like a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. You know that now you're sitting down and you got only one choice, be in front of the guy and go forward. So I immediately... The, Full transparency, transparency, full truth, well, truth on both sides. Mm-hmm. W- was right about that. I also said his mind frame. Let's get it out. Let's get the elephant out of the room, baby. Uh, you know, I said that his mentality. I wasn't sure of his mentality. I was worried about his mentality. He was kamikaze. I stick with that. He was a smart kamikaze, though. You know, he came in behind the jet. He didn't just, he didn't just crash the plane you know, into the aircraft carrier. But he was kamikaze. He was, I, I said, well, you know, his thought says he's going he's gonna to go for broke. He did go for broke. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's going to not care to a certain extent about the boxing. He's going to go get, he did. So those things were right. I, I got the guy wrong. I got the wrong side winning. Yeah. But the analysis, the thought of what would happen, what would transpire, what was... What was, from a style standpoint or from a, a strategic standpoint, what was going on wasn't wrong. And and I'm going to give all the credit to Fury and you guys. I, I want to I give all the credit to Fury. I mean, why wouldn't you? But, and I and acknowledge that and congrats. Or how do you say it in English? Uh, over in England, with that, uh, you know, with the Cockney, uh, you know, accent. <laughs> uh, congrats, uh, uh, mates. Matey. Mates. Good job, mates. Good, go- good <laughs> job, you limeys. You mates. Good job. Uh, listen, and I'm also going to say congratulations to you guys. You got a little feisty with me, <laughs> to I, say the I, least. I, I love yous. You know what? You, just like Fury earned the win, you earned, you earned to revel in it. You did. You know why? Because you're stuck with him. I don't care what side of the freaking pond you're on and what your accent is. Loyalty is loyalty. It's still one of the greatest attributes to me and I hope to everybody in this world. Loyalty. There's a power to that. There's a need for that. And I appreciate it. You guys were loyal to Fury through all his trials and tribulations. If you're one of the real ones, one of those, and I know most of you are that watch this show and support this show, you deserve this because you were with him. You were with him for the entire ride. You know, you didn't just get on when, when it was comfortable to get on. You didn't get on just at the end. You on through the whole thing. You guys deserve it. Congratulations. Enjoy it. You know, and, and they showed up. They showed up in Vegas. Yeah, they it didn't travel. seem like it didn't seem like Wilder had a fan outside of his corner in the stadium. I mean, it was raucous, and it seemed to be all one sided for for Fury the minute they announced the fighters. And listen, I, I again, for me, when we go into the fight, we go in here where a lot of thought. We just touched on it, and we'll break down all the points, but. A lot of thought was on the weight. Who knew that we were talking about the wrong guy? Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about 
myself included, but I thought about it. But what good is that? If you don't open your mouth and spit it out. Everybody talked about the 273, but nobody talked about the extra 20 pounds or 19 pounds, whatever it was, 19 and a half pounds that Wilder put on. But one thing Wilder, that could be said is, did you see the physique on Wilder? I know what you mean, because I was, no, no, I got but, my but, attention too, but, but I mean, he looked like a Greek god. He was like yeah, carved out of but, stone. But he looked a little bulky. Yeah. He looked a little bulky to me. All I'm going to say, look, it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, but I'm just, in hindsight, oh, but I'm just going to say, what I was thinking, but I was already in with the Fury side of the equation, mm -hmm. with the weight, so I didn't get into it. But I was thinking, wait a minute. I I talked about the weight, and I was right that it would make him aggressive and force his hand, but force him to live up to what he said and be aggressive. But I started thinking, I haven't talked about the wilder weight. The, why... Why fix it if it ain't broke? I mean, you for all the success you've had, you've had it at a certain weight. 20 pounds north of that weight. Why? And in his own, I talked about the mentality because 75% of this business is mental. Forget about the physical. That's there. I get it. But I talked about the mentality of fury where there might be a desperation, a kamikaze where... He did everything he could the first time, and he still got caught. I was right. He was smart enough to know that himself, to to say, I did everything. I boxed. I did everything traditional, conventional, the way you're supposed to do it against a puncher. Stay on the outside. Stay in the peripheral. You know, uh, fight from angles. And I still got caught. And I thought that that would be pressing on him. What I didn't realize was what a genius he is. Yeah, you know, I knocked the crap out of somebody. You guys know that. But I freaking compliment the hell out of them when they should be. And he understood. He really did. I was I was touching on it. But he understood. He said, I, I kept saying on ESPN that here's a guy who did everything perfect. And he made two mistakes, but he still got caught. And he's got to be going in there with pressure, with doubt, saying, what can I do better? Well, he figured out what to do better. Back him up. Think about it. We're not, nobody's talking about that, the significance, the magnitude, the genius of that. That's what he did. And so I'm thinking, we're all talking about the weight and the emphasis, of course, 273. We're not talking about, by the way, could he get his trunks a little higher, uh, <laughs> Fury? I, I love you guys, but like, uh, can we, and I bet you someone died. I want 10% if you do. Make trunks where it's a collar. <laughs> All right, a few, call it the Fury collar. Call it the Fury collar, baby. <laughs> and here's sell it. Here's sell it. Here's sell it. Here's sell it the way McGregor sells whiskey. That's you know, exactly in the right. UFC, because they're very similar. They're entertainers, and they're good. They're in there, they're good, but they're entertainers. And that separates them. But I'll go back to what the point I'm making is we didn't make enough of the weight of Wilder. And I'm thinking before the fight, what the fuck is he doing at this weight? What? And then I thought, wait a minute. He's the desperate one. He thinks, see, I'm thinking the other way. I'm thinking... 
The other guy is thinking, I did everything I could, and I still got caught. Jesus, what can I do? And, and the mental state's not going to be right, and the pressure's going to be on him. And I'm thinking all that. But he came up with the answer. His answer was to press. And he put on extra weight, and he said, I'm going to press with that weight, and I'm going to come forward, I'm going to force myself into that position by being that weight. But I never thought about the pressure, the mental pressure, the other side, the flip side of the coin, with Wilder, who did everything he could, and he couldn't keep him down. First time in his career. Think about it. This dynamite puncher, this Thor's hammer, couldn't keep him down. That's got to play with you mentally. So how do I keep him down this time? Instead of just keeping it the same way, you know, I got I, I got to come up with He was desperate. He was the one, even though, you know, he, even though he kept his title, he, even though he dropped it twice, he was the one who had the mental clouds that were brewing in his head. The witches, I said on ESPN, there's witches in the attic of, <laughs> of, of fury. There were witches and ghosts and goblins in the attic of Wilder. You could almost see it in the locker room yeah. before the fight where Fury uh, Wilder was pacing back and forth. Where Fury looked cool as a cucumber. And, and and where did they come from? They came from the fact that we're thinking only positive. We're not looking at the negative. In his mind. In his mind, the negative is, he's the first guy to get up. That ain't supposed to happen. He got up. And so I'll put on another 20 pounds to keep him down. What's, That's desperation. That that do you understand, Ken? You yeah. would be. What's surprising about that though is the two the two fights, uh, tune up, whatever you want to call them, against Brazil and uh, Ortiz. He almost knocked the guy into like next week. He knocked them both out. So, but I'm I agree saying, with what you're that, saying. That was the first time that a guy got up. The guy the guy gets hit with a signature punch. With the he gets hit with. You know, with the Geiger counter. <laughs> I mean, this guy, he, he gets hit with Thor's hammer. Not only and, did and, he get and, hit with the right, he got touched him with a left hook yeah, on the way down. So too. so there was mental turbulence was really on the other side. And the weight hurt him. Now, I'm making no excuses. That right hand behind the ear hurt him in the third round and, and kept him a little drunk with his equilibrium. It, it had a lasting effect. But... The, the weight, because here's my point. Teddy, explain to us how the weight hurt him because it should have made him stronger. All right. Because, first of all, another thing I was right about. I, I, I Listen, I, again, go ahead and spank me for, <laughs> for being wrong. I'm there, okay? But, but I'm, I'm going to say what I'm right about. Mm -hmm. I was right. From the beginning of his career, and by the way, I caught some of Wilder's fights on ESPN um, on the way up. I've been right since the beginning of his career. You ready? He can't fight. He doesn't know how to fight. He doesn't know how to spell fight. And his Wilder's people hate me, and his backers hate me. There's a lot of haters out there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of hate, haters out there. I mean, I I'd like to buy lattes for for all of them. I really would. 
If I could, I'd go out there to Starbucks or one of these places and I would buy a million lattes for all these haters just to soothe them. You know, <laughs> like my man Rob, my man Rob, we went into a Starbucks earlier to get something and he got something like with almond milk. <laughs> that That's just so calming. It sounds calming. <laughs> I never had it, but it sounds calming. It sounds soothing. It sounds like if you're a hater, you might become something else. You know what I mean? You might become a love child. Yeah, you just <laughs> might. You just might start going like this. The 60s with the flowers that's you know? rob's that's rob's equivalent of a blinding jab he gets you thinking about his almond yeah. milk and no. then he comes in fourth oh no no, in the no. Marathon. He, he's a man he is but i knew are too but i'm just saying i i would plan for these haters I, I i don't want them to hate we want to get rid of hate and the point is i'm making a point you don't have to jump to the hate place you and you could if you want that's on you but again he never learned how to fight. It's the truth. The truth is the truth. Never learned how to fight. Teddy, what do you mean? He, he was world champion. He made $50 million last night. Whatever. He, he's got a big bank account. He's got any car he wants. He, he's been a world champion. He made X amount of defenses. Gotcha. Against who? And go, I'm not even going to go too far down that road. Against who? But, yeah, but how many times did he have to, how many times was he behind in a fight how about the last fight with Ortiz, 41 years old, lost the first six rounds and knocks him out? How many times did he need the hammer to pull him out of the fire? How many times did he need the eraser to get rid of the mistakes, to pull him out, to pull him back, to save his backside? How many times? When do you finally say, yeah, uh, <laughs> he's doing a lot of things wrong? Because a lot of times, guys, when you're winning, you don't look at what you could be doing wrong. You could win and still do things wrong because you're more talented, because the guy's less talented, because style works, because you got the racer. Whatever. Just like the other side of it. You could be losing and doing things right, and you could be encouraged by that. It's both sides. But it calls for a teacher, for trainers. That's another thing we'll get into later. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that I've been saying from the beginning, I didn't just start saying this, and and again, to the to the attacks of his people, you know, the water a couple of times, I don't, you guys know, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I got a Velcro bulletproof vest against that stuff because I don't go on the internet. <laughs> I, I don't know how. Except when you're tweeting. Yeah, yeah, no, but I don't go on. My man, Rob, I write everything. Yeah, yeah. Every word is mine, but I send it to my man. And <laughs> he puts it out there. Choo, boom. You know what I mean? Beam me up, Scotty. That's how it seems to me, like like the star phone. Really, I mean, that's how prehistoric I am. There's a yeah, few guys out there me. that should be listening to you, like Antonio Brown. You hear us, Antonio? Send Rob the tweet for us and yeah. make sure he vets well, it. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, I... I, I I take responsibility for it's gotta be my words. But Robbie puts it up there for me. But the point what I'm saying is that from the very beginning I I've said that this guy has been getting away with murder. Uh, you know, just a phrase. Mm. But this guy has again, to his credit, I always say, punches are not made. They are born. And he's been using that born talent, that born ability, that born power to pull himself out of the fight. But he 
he never learned how to fight. And he's been exposed in the past, but the race has been there to kind of clean the slate, make you forget. And it wasn't there. It wasn't there last night. It wasn't there Saturday night. And he wasn't able to erase all those mistakes, all those sins. So, I mean, you could, me and Rob talked about this earlier, that we're going to go back and see if we could post some footage where when he, being Wilder, fought on ESPN early in his career, I broke down his flaws. I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was messy. I mean, he was all over the place. You know, dropping his hands, throwing punches like baseballs. I mean, you know, he, he looked like uh, Mike Trout in the outfield. You know, throwing a freaking baseball. You know, falling forward if the ring ropes one day, he might have went into the fourth row. I mean, I mean, you don't do those things and then say that you can fight. But again, in the end, the hammer would get him home, would get him home. And it didn't. So it, it's just, you could say it's just a matter of time. He'd been exposed, but never fully. He, he always recovered. He always survived it. He always pulled himself out of it. To his credit. To his credit. But sooner or later, you know, pay me now or pay me later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sooner or later, yeah, kind of like that commercial with the, I think it was with the oil filter. Yeah, the Fram's oil filter. Mm-hmm. The guy says, you know, you got to you gotta fix the oil filter. You got to put a new oil filter in. And so pay me now or pay me later, <laughs> you know, if you don't fix it. And the same thing with fighting. You got to learn how to fight. You might get away with it. Pay me now. Do the work. Get the right people to teach you. Or you're going to pay for it later. I tell my kids that all the time when they leave their chores for too long. I'm like, you're going to pay me now or pay me later. You're going to have to do this instead of going outside if you don't do it now. So this was a fight, Ken. And you have beautiful kids, by the way. This was a fight where there was so many parts to it. So many parts to it. And I'll say another thing. The drama was high. But it wasn't a great fight. Now, a lot of people go say, Teddy, what are you? No, it was a great fight, but it wasn't. Oh, what do you mean, Teddy? Well, there was a lot of sloppiness in this fight, a lot of grabbing, a lot of clinching, and sloppiness on Fury's part, too. A, a lot of, but the drama. First of all, two undefeated heavyweights. Second of all, a guy who had been on the floor this close to being knocked out, and he's winning. He's winning, he's dominating. It was like, you're just waiting. You're, oh, when is the hammer going to be dropped? You know, there was, there was that intensity and thickness in the air. Like, okay, he's winning, but he's going to get hit. And when he gets hit, it's going to be all over. Oh, my God. Oh, all this work is going to go down the tubes. And, and so you got that going on, even though it was sloppy in some spots. You got that going on. And you got, you got the idea that one of the, best things to boxing and the healthiest things for the sport and the things that creates drama and makes it a great watch upset brewing mm-hmm. anytime there's an upset your 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 attention gets a little thicker you know what i mean you got and it, oh, this is an upset I'm, and i'm part of it i'm part of seeing it how many times do you feel a little something, right? When you hear the guys talk about, I was there when Willie Mays made the catch. Mm. I wasn't there. <laughs> you know, I was there when Joe Namath made the prediction. You know, I, I was there when, 
you know, when uh, Mickey Mantle, you know, came in at uh, six and one and drunk, and but he won the game in the ninth inning when he finally sobered up and hit a home run. <laughs> I'm just saying, you you got your flag to put in the ground. You got yeah. you are there for upset. So all that drama. But the truth again was there was a lot of sloppiness and stuff like. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter because what was happening, because of what was happening, and I want to touch on everything, and. The other things is we saw the physical damage, you know. We saw the right hand behind the ear in the in the third round, and we. Oh, by the way, he didn't have a ruptured eardrum, so if you guys were worried about that, <laughs> I was going to get into bleeding that. internally. He wasn't, and yeah. and you listen. The commentator said it, so you make mistakes, but you you should never say anything you don't know. If, if a doctor hasn't examined the guy, if it's not your territory, if it's not, really, seriously. It's like saying, the guy broke his hand. Really? There's an x-ray machine in the corner? <laughs> really? I know it's hurt. It seems to be hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. But but you're never supposed to go down a, how do you go, to, you're not supposed to go down that road because unless a doctor has examined him, you don't know. You don't know. You don't exactly. know. And it turned out that he had a cut in there and they put some stitches, some sutures in there. So it wasn't... Yeah, and he uh, didn't even go to the hospital. Yeah, so it wasn't like he was... Like they had reported again. But having said all of that, we saw the physical banging and damage. What about the mental? We saw the physical deterioration. Guy got deteriorated, got worn down with the size, with everything else, pushing inside, you know, every, everything. Fury just everything. fought massively. Little, little WWF, you know, yeah. headlocked, uh, whatever, whatever he could do. Bernard but, Hopkins would have been proud of that dirty we, boxing. He would have liked it a little bit. And all that. But what about the mental erosion? What about the bully being stood up to? And I think it's fair to call, I'm not trying to pick on water, but again, I'm doing my job here. Uh, and hopefully that's why people come to us. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you don't hear it somewhere else. But in nature, it's not wilder. But just the nature of being a puncher harder than anyone else kind of makes you a bully. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to, you know, handle things other people have. You, you scare guys off. You, you hit them one punch, they're gone. Where, where'd he go? <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just the, the the nature of it. And I don't know no one ever talks about it this way, but I think it's very, very, very true that that just the nature of being a better puncher than anyone else kind of makes you a bully. It's, it's like a safety in the end of moment. My son, of course, everyone knows works for the Oakland Raiders. You got you got a big banger who's a safety in the, you know, over there on the <clears throat> defensive backfield. And he's a banger. He, you know what I mean? He, he hits you, your head goes crooked, right? And he's a bully. I, I, I mean, yeah. and so maybe someday, maybe someday while he's going out there, bang, somebody hits him because he's not used to being hit. Mm-hmm. He's used to hitting them and standing over. You okay? <laughs> but now somebody comes and hits him, right? Maybe the receiver decides, right? Oh, yeah. And, and then maybe maybe the bully isn't quite as bullish. Mm-hmm. So you saw some of that. And again, it's a, not a knock on the temperament. And it could be a knock on the temperament. But I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it the nature of being a better puncher than anyone else is that you're predisposed. There's a part of you that automatically is, 
has a bully attitude to it that that you're scared of me that I hit harder than you that you better back up yeah. and the bully got backed up so what I'm the point I'm making here that nobody has talked about is the deterioration mentally I saw it I mean I know we saw the physical part of the body language but I you saw if you know what you're looking at you saw the mental body language you saw the guy like in the past where he's been sloppy wilder and he's been losing rounds wilder and he's been out of sorts and off balance and everything else you still saw the gleam in his eye you still saw the confidence you still saw the belief that i'm gonna get him mm-hmm. i'm gonna get him like with ortiz i lost six rounds in a row i'm gonna get him you saw that you didn't see that you saw him deteriorating in that in that emotional area that mental area. you didn't see that com- i'll get him i'll get him i no. You almost saw some submission. You you saw you saw some again weak body language. You saw like being defeated. You could see in the punch output. If you look, I don't have the punch stats, but if you look from the moment he was knocked down in the third round, every round he started to throw less and less punches. I was watching with my kids on the West Coast. It's earlier, and what my oldest son said to me, "Dad, how come Wilder isn't throwing any punches? He's just getting punched around the ring, and that's what it looked like. One occasionally he'd throw a punch in, almost you're, like in a defensive you're manner. You're developing, you're developing boxing experts <laughs> and commentators." That probably are better than half of the commentators out there <laughs> already at home. You're growing them. <laughs> I'm trying. Listen, Ken, you're right. And to further the point, so you had the physical deterioration, erosion, breaking down, and you had the mental because of what I just said. And I'm going to say it again. Yeah, I'm harsh on people. Yeah, I say what what it deserves to be said, I believe at least. But... I'm going to say it again when it deserves to be said good. Fury, your guys, hey, you guys, guy, he's a genius. I say, I'm not saying he's the best fight ever because he was sloppy in a lot of spots, and uh, but he's probably the best technical heavyweight we have right now at that level, up at the top, uh, probably, uh, right now. Probably that he can do more things than most guys. Like Joshua improved to an extent where you got to give him credit, where he reinvented himself to beat Ruiz the second time by boxing. But this is a guy who could show you he could box and he could go get you. You know what I mean? He could he could transform both. He could go how, both ways. How he, surprised were you by how? Well, Fury was able to adjust and almost change his whole his well, that's whole the like point style. I, see, that's what I why I'm saying he's a genius. Because I found because, it shocking. Well, I, no one expected him to come out and beat him up like here's that. Here's the key to me on that point, and I started it earlier. He fought the first fight the way that you're supposed to, with his skills and his agility and his mobility, and he got a draw, but he still almost got knocked out. Yep. And he goes and makes a complete transition. He's a genius. Uh, I'll say it again. He goes and make, and says, because there's two ways to fight a puncher. One is the way he did the first time. To give angles, not to stand in front of the guy because the puncher needs to be set to punch. Okay, that's, start with that. Get that, let's start with that. Write that down. See, that's where we start. Puncher must be set to punch. Okay. So you start with that premise, with that idea. The first time, 
He handled the way that we usually see it handled. Kept him off balance, gave angles, didn't stand in front too long until he got caught those couple of times. And, and he still almost lost. But he did good too. He's a genius. He turns around and completely in control of his emotions this way, even though he's a maniac. <laughs> I give him credit again. And he goes, and what does he do? He says, oh, there's a second way there is to deal with a puncher. The second way is also to keep him from being set to punch, keep him off balance by pushing him backwards on his back foot, by pushing him back. And the, But the key is don't get caught on the way in. Mm -hmm. So he was aggressive but scientifically smart behind the jab, and he out-jabbed the crap out of him, and that was the key. That's one of the things you pointed out in the fight plan is that every time Wilder would try to start setting up, Fury would pop him with the jab and come forward Yeah, and, and kept him off balance. He he came in, he was aggressive, but he was kind of like, well, you don't know about this, Ken, because you live in sunny California. <laughs> you're, you know, you're not here with us. New York is here in the winters. But it's kind of like a snow plow. When the snow, you've probably never seen one, but when the snow, <laughs> when the snow, and I know no you're from New England. I, 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 so, but but uh, you forgot about them because you've been away. You've been in the sunshine <laughs> a long time. A long time. But it's like a snow plow. The plow clears everything so the truck can come. The jab clears everything so the truck can come. And he came in, the scientific part, the small part was he being fury, came in behind the jab, cleared the way, kept the right hand from being getting off, kept kept the the cleared the path so he could get in clean. And the reason I give him say so he knew so Fury understood, okay, the second way that I could deal with a puncher to keep him set from being punched, because that's that's the goal. Keep him set from being punched. Do I do it by moving? Or I could do it by backing him up, keeping him on his back foot. He did it by backing him up. Here's the difference. Not only did he get to the physical place and break him down physically, by doing that, he broke him down mentally. By doing that, he took away the most important thing that a puncher has, his confidence. Oh, he definitely his, took his, his confidence. His belief, his belief that I'm the boss, that you're afraid of me. And that's another thing. I always thought that the greatest weakness about Tyson, I think Wilder has a little bit of this. I always thought that the greatest detriment Weakness to Tyson was that he depended on you to be weak for him to be strong. Digest that. He he depended for the guy to be scared, for the guy to be hurt, instead of just being strong for the sake of being strong no matter what happens. That's a real pro, just to be strong. And when you don't have, power can be a curse. Yeah, it's a great asset. It's a, it's a great gift, but it can be a curse. Because you don't develop the other abilities. You don't develop the other qualities to to be able to depend on yourself, not just on your power. And Tyson used to depend on other guys to be weak for him to be strong. <clears throat> and I think to a certain extent, that's what bullies depend on and what punches depend on in general. And I think Wilder, he depended on you being afraid of the right hand or being hurt by the right hand for him to feel strong 
that was taken away. That that was taken away because you you had the image. Just think of him, the image of a guy just walking through him, the image of you know, kind of like those, you know, kind of like that movie where you see those commercials, you see those movies where everything blows up. You know, maybe it's a Clint Eastwood movie. I don't know where the guy, where the guy is walking down you know for the shootout and you see all the dust and all the dirt and the bombs blow and then he's who comes walking through it clint eastwood with with his with his guns on his side right yeah. and and he comes walking right through it you know and you say oh my god you just saw everything blowing up you saw all this <laughs> dust you saw all this dirt all this destruction and the guy holy christ he's not human he he there he is he's still there and it was almost like that like he gave that imagery of the unstoppable force of the, mm-hmm. of the you know, superhero. The guy, no matter what, he's, he keeps going. He put that into his head because he depended on the right hand scaring him or hurting him or slowing him down or, you know, giving him that edge. And he, you know, keeping him from that way of thinking, mm-hmm. saving him from that place. So he went and chose the, I mean, this guy, what a genius. He chose the latter way of dealing with the puncher. And he was right. And I think there was, why I say he's a genius, I think his instincts are great. I mean, this guy survived death. Suicidal he survived thoughts. suicidal thoughts. You know, he, he beat the demons in drug addiction and alcohol. I mean, he he fought the fight, the toughest fight you could fight, and and he won it. And this, I mean, this guy, he his instincts were right. He understood on some level, Ken, where if I can remove this, if I can detach this guy, you know, I want to keep his right hand out of commission, back him up. Okay, I get that. But if I could... Make this guy feel human. If I could make this guy have to deal with just what he, what I have to deal with, just normal qualities, you know, and take away this superpower. If I could take his superpower away. Remember Superman when he went into that chamber? Mm-hmm. Poor guy. I felt sorry for him. Remember they put him in that chamber and he got drained mm-hmm. of all his superpowers? And now he went to fight a guy and he got to, Copied <laughs> out him, Paul Clark. Yeah, you know he he instinctually understood that I'm gonna make him go into a chamber and take away his superpowers and make him mortal, and let's see how tough he is now. Let's how see how strong he is now in those dimensions. Genius. Well, when you talk about bully, the only thing I can think of is late in the fight, like after the after the first knockdown, which I think really obviously was the turning point for Wilder. He was he looked like he was on Queer Street after that. It was equilibrium's off. But one of the things that I noticed, and I'm, I'm sure everyone noticed it, but that Fury, like he became the bully. He was like putting him in a guillotine choke. He was putting all his weight on him. He was dirty boxing him so much so that the the ref 
took a point from him. I want to get your thoughts on that. I thought it was justified. I mean, he hit him so many times after the guy's yelling break. It was like the ref was slowly seen to start losing control where he's like, oh my God, am I going to have to take a point? But they were both doing it more so wilder out of reactionary reactionary to what, what Fury was doing him on the clinches. But Fury really bullied him and like really started to wear him down after that first knockdown, especially with those, like I said, those guillotine chokes. And you could just see the energy started you know what to he was doing. oh yeah listen to your point thank you for bringing that up to your point my mentor the great Customano, the great late Customano, we he we talk of course every day and we'd be i'd be in the gym and i'd come home from the gym training all day long with the fighters seven days a week and uh go over things and okay this uh, and you know He's gonna, I'm going to be this, supposedly this real good trainer. And he would just give me his, just his cupfuls of wisdom. And he would, I remember one day we're talking about certain matchups and certain things and we're watching the films of the old time fighters that we had to give to him to watch because he was friends with Jim Jacobs and Mike and Bill Caton who owned Big Fights Incorporated and we had all the films. You know, back in the days when they were on a reel and mm-hmm. eight millimeters and all that stuff, or 18 millimeters, whatever it was. And we're talking about these things. You know, all the things that transpire in the ring, all the strengths and weaknesses, that it's just not one thing, it's just not a physical thing. And we're talking about it. And he says to me, Teddy, never forget. When a guy tries to be the intimidator, whether it's by emotional intimidation or physical like the power never forget when the intimidator doesn't intimidate the guy that he's trying to intimidate the intimidator becomes the intimidated to your point didn't it look like all of a sudden he was the intimidated very much the other guy became the intimidate when when you try you know Wilder does that you know <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I mean that's a positive that we didn't have to hear. You know, maybe yeah. to a certain extent. That we, and, and listen, I'm not. I, would, I mean, I think it's fair to say what's fair to say. You know, because he wins, he's he's saying that, and it's okay. So you lose. You know, you got to take. I'm wrong. I got to take the hits when I'm wrong. I I hear. Yeah, I take them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just saying. But all of that's yeah, it's for. It's for brashness, it's for promotional, it's for sale, but it's for intimidation too, mm-hmm. to send a message, to send a message to future possible opponents. You got the bomb squad over here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so he uses that in his power and everything else. And, you know, his obviously his mannerisms, everything. It's, I get it. You, you do everything you can to be on top, to get an advantage. But again, to the point, when you're depending on that a lot, and you, the intimidator doesn't intimidate the guy, then the intimidator becomes the intimidated. And uh, that's what happened. I mean, to that extent that you touched on. 
What'd you think of the blood from the air? Have you ever seen a cut like that? I mean, it looked yeah, like... Yeah, I've seen worse. I've, I've seen... I've done so many fights over the years when we did Friday night fights, and Rob will probably find this. There, we had a guy who became a big fighter. He he was in an infamous fight with Cotto. Um, Miguel Cotto. Uh, he was in an infamous... Where, where it looked like he... he Loaded his hand wraps. Oh, oh, with uh, Antonio Margarito. Uh, yeah, Margarito was fighting a fight before he became the big name. He was on his way up, and he was fighting on ESPN Friday Night Fights. I was calling the fights. I think it was in Atlantic City, actually. And he was fighting a guy, a tough guy. I'm trying to remember the guy. Rob's going to get it, and he's going to put it up there, maybe. But he was fighting a guy, and as I said, I'm calling a fight. And again, if you guys are eating the... the Stop eating for a minute. He, he ripped the guy's ear off. The guy's ear was hanging. Oh, you he, see he, that he, in MMA he, sometimes. Yeah, like it, like yeah. he, he, he hit him shot in the wrong spot, right spot, whatever you want to call it. And his ear was like hanging off. Yeah, the earlobe. Yeah, it was, it was you know. And it, listen, I, I'm guilty. I couldn't help it. I said, this is an eerie night. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just couldn't. <laughs> I know it's terrible. <laughs> I, I know. Listen, I knew he was okay. He wasn't going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Just lose you his know, ear. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean, but, but I, you know what I mean? I, I couldn't, uh, I was stupid, but I couldn't resist, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, but, um, and it was, I tell you, it was, uh, it was an eerie night. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he was bleeding, it almost did look like the the blood was coming from inside his ear. So I thought, oh, maybe he did rupture his eardrum because his equilibrium was No, but you don't say off. it. But of you course. don't say it. Oh, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, because you have to be responsible. Yep. Because you don't know. And uh, Rob's putting something up here. But uh, look, there it is. Oh, there you go. Look, there it is. Look yep. at that. Look at that. Yeah, it split his ear, it split his ear at the top. Uh, Luan, tough guy. Tough guy. Couldn't punch, but he would throw a million punches and he's in your face all night, you know. And that's he, what happens when you get hit with a boxing glove full of concrete. Right? Who he knows? Got Margarita. Well, no, well, no, who well, knows? Shane Mosley's trainer you know, went you're, in. To and, your point, who knows? Because but Shane Mosley's trainer went in and caught him putting something on the wraps that they th that they allege once the sweat starts and it gets fair wet. Fair point. Yeah. Who so knows he took a now? cut red-handed and suspended. And what he and what Margarito did to Cotto in that fight, I mean, Cotto's face looked like it had been pelted That's, with rocks. It was it a was mess. Awful. It was a mess. Well, it was criminal. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think Cotto was ever quite the same again. I mean, that was a No, savage. no, no. Cotto came back he and He came beat back him. and beat him, but, but he... But you got to give him tremendous... No, Cotto had good, good parts of his career then still, but you got to give him tremendous credit to come back off of that mentally physically and and you know face that guy again uh you know face the boogeyman so to speak you know uh pretty incredible and that's to the point where we don't know for sure if he had the loaded gloves i could tell you one thing in the second fight Cotto didn't look banged up like that and he beat the crap out of margarito yeah i mean <laughs> again great credit to uh to the intestinal fortitude the character if you will of Cotto besides his skills you know he was an Olympian uh he represented Puerto Rico in the Olympics uh, I, I believe I did that Olympics and I remember calling one of his fights and I remember afterwards because people you know promoters different people would ask me being that I was calling the fights at the Olympics I did four Olympics for NBC they would say who's your best pro prospect you know and and I said 
Coda was one of them. And the funny thing about that shows you the difference amateur and pro is that if most every time when I would say this guy's my is the guy that I would sign up, yeah, almost all the time he was not the best Olympian. He was not the guy who who yeah. went to the finals or the semifinals or maybe even the quarterfinals. But he had the characteristics to make a good pro. Yeah. And it worked against him in the amateurs. Yeah. Because maybe he was aggressive, he didn't get credit for it. He was a good body punch, he didn't get credit for it. You know, he was very strong, but the other guy was faster for three rounds. That's what mattered. But in a 10 round fight, I could see what it, that it would translate. So I, I was looking at it that way. Like the great Andrew Cancio. Yeah. Excellent pro, not necessarily the best amateur, but Andrew, congratulations, signed with top rank recently. So yeah. we'll see him again good, in action pretty yeah, soon. Good kid. Happy for him to get a new deal. Um, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Fury's trainers. I mean, they really like, they. I, I again, at the intro, I said it was sh uh, shocking or an upset, but it was, to me, it was shocking. Someone put out a poll on um, Twitter, maybe Mike Montero, about no one's picking, who was picking uh, Fury by knockout. And I, if someone asked me, I would have said, there's no chance. He's not knocking him out. So to see him come in and bully him like that and just get him out of there, I mean, he beat him up basically for I the seven I want to one other point I just told him about the weight. And I remember thinking this last night during the fight that we didn't think anything about the extra weight on Wilder because it looked better on him, right? right? Much, Let's be much, honest. much. So we didn't think, no, what's the big deal? But... Here, his, as I said, I'm consistent. His, Wilder being his, his form was horrible. His technique, always, 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 always. But here's the thing. As horrible as it was, always, 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 he was always chucking. Yeah, he was chucking from left, right field, all over the place, like Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, you know, Hank Aaron. I mean, he was like, like he's throwing freaking baseballs. Mm -hmm. But he was chucking all night. He was chucking all night at 219 pounds or whatever, you know, 215, 212, two, whatever. He was chucking all night. He wasn't chucking. I know there's a lot of reasons, but um, he wasn't chucking. And even if you're chucking, and even if it's with bad technique, at least you're chucking. And if you can punch, and the more you chuck, the better chance you have of one of those punches landing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a genius to understand that. If you're throwing 500, I'm just using an arbitrary number. If you're throwing 500 punches and they're ugly punches, you still got a good chance to land one of them. And you only need one rather than if you're throwing 50. Mm -hmm. And with the extra weight, and I know there was other things that were attached to what he wasn't doing. I've said that already with the punch behind the ear, a lot of things. But... And and with him being broken down mentally because he, the bully was stood up to, but still at this weight, the heaviest weight of his career, he wasn't chucking the punches. He and they again, they could still be ugly freaking punches, snowballs. You know what I mean? But. He wasn't chucking them. And if you're not chucking them, you have a less chance of getting lucky. Mm -hmm. If I if I'm going to use that word, yeah, you got a less chance of getting lucky. A less chance of landing your bomb. 
And that segues into what I wanted to ask you about was the stoppage. For me, as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, he's not he's not even fighting back. He's just a punching bag now. And and fair, he was hurt. He was bleeding from everywhere. But the guy was just pummeling. The him. proper move, the compassionate thing, the right thing to do. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. Listen, does that mean it's right? Because I think it's right. No, but I can only go by 40 years of experience. Uh, Rob asked me a question when earlier when we were answering some of the questions for people out there. We actually answer questions. Why shouldn't we? We're answering questions because I appreciate them. We appreciate them. So we want to give something back. So they brought today before you got here for an hour. I stood here. Rob took your place. Oh. Yeah, Rob took your place. That's how uh, Bledsoe lost his job. Yeah, well, I, I think And they more, discovered I think, Tom Brady. I think, I think more of a guy like named Luke Garrick. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? A little bit. A little bit. So, so, listen, Thanks I'm only, a lot, Delta. I'm only, listen, I'm kidding because you'll be depressed <laughs> for the freaking next week. But I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ken, we love you. We need you. We're not replacing you. All right? Please. All right. Okay, now listen. So, I again, what what was I? What was the thing we were just uh, about the stoppage? Yeah, we were talking about it earlier, and I can only Rob asked the question right to the point. What would you do? Matter of fact, it was one of the questions from the fans. What would you do? I, I you got to think about it. You know. I would have did the same thing. Would you have done it before you told him in between rounds? Because I like when the trainer says, if you don't show me something, I got to stop but Yeah, you but, gotta, but, I, yeah you, but I'm just saying at that point, yeah. dealing with what was there, yeah. I would have done the same thing. Regardless Why? of any well, conversation. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's the same thing, I would say yeah. the same scenario that mm-hmm. I hadn't had a conversation, whatever. Yeah. I see what I see. I'm, I'm stopped because he was hurt. He was a punch away from being hurt bad. Yes. And... Listen, you want to go a little further? You want to run it through? You want to let it run? He's going to be on the floor, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on the floor, and who knows what happens. It happens in boxing. And listen, do I understand that, you know, warrior mentality? Yeah, that's for the fighter. But for the people protecting him, whether it's the referee or his corner, for me, the corner has to have responsibility and a referee. You got to think of what's right for the fighter. Mm-hmm. If the fight, And he's got heart. Plenty of heart. But if the fighter has heart that a fighter is supposed to have, then you protect him from himself. But you have to make the right quick decision there. And he was gone. He he was wobbling for a long time. But at that point, he had just made a nice move. Fury, actually, it was the best move of the night, uh, if, if my memory is correct. He stepped back and stepped back in. Yep. With a straight right hand. Yep. It was yep. a beautiful move. Because when you step back, you make the guy lurch a little bit. Mm-hmm. You create something. And then, bop! He, he stepped right back in. And I saw it, and I said, oh, he's gone. This is it. Yeah. And and then he's about to hit him, unload with a fusillade, probably fusillade of, of punches. And, uh, and the, the you know, the, the fight got stopped. So I'm going to go further. So for me, yeah. It was, and, you know, I I think it's terrible that they're probably going to fire Mark Breland. I think so. Who, who was a great amateur, one of our great amateur Because even the other trainer came out and said, I didn't know he was going to do that, and I wouldn't have done it. No, no, yeah, and and, and it thrown him under the bus. But, yeah, very but, much. But I'm just saying that I, listen, I'm defending him. 
Do I have to? No. But I feel I do. Because I'm in a business and I got to say what I think is right. Some people are going to go the other way. But I think he did the right thing. I think he did the compassion. And I'll say one other thing. The trainer, the other trainer, who's the head trainer, I guess, um, he's got no background as a fighter as far as I'm concerned. Who better to make that decision and to understand that than a former fighter? That's a good point. And, and a tremendous former fighter. Mm-hmm. Really. Ken, the, Mark Whalen was like 110 and 1 as an amateur, five time New York Golden Glove champion back in the day. Back in the day when it was one of the most competitive tournaments, the Golden Gloves, New York Daily News Golden Gloves doesn't exist anymore. One of the most competitive tournaments with the in in the country. I mean it was it was tremendous. You had to win like six fights to win it, five, six fights, and good fighters. Uh really high quality. He won it five times and he won a gold medal in the Olympics and he won a world title. In the pros. And he wasn't as good a pro as people thought he would be. He mm-hmm. wasn't because he didn't have the physicality for the 10, 12 rounds like I was kind of talking about. Yeah. A good amateur doesn't translate into a goal. But he won a world title. He won a welterweight title against a South African, I think named Volbrick. Uh, I can't believe I remember these things. <laughs> uh, and I believe he was a southpaw. And um, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You want to hear a little secret? Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's not hurting No nobody. one else is listening. No, no one else is listening. And it's not hurting nobody. <laughs> He went into that. You take advantage of your opportunity, right, Ken? Yeah. Sometimes your opportunity might never come again. So what do you do? This is for the people out there that are going through these things. This is really for you. That that sometimes, you know, you say, ah, you know, I, I can't do it because I feel sick. I can't do it. I got a stomach virus. I can't make the meeting. To, but you have a meeting with someone who could change your life. Now I can't. I don't feel good. I'm a little... I, 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 <laughs> and, and, you know, you don't do it, right? Everyone has gone through uh, yeah. that conversation. And, and, yeah. I'll wait till the next time. Next time never comes. Mark Breland was getting ready to fight this guy. I know his his trainer was a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. Joey Ferriello. Great trainer. Mm-hmm. Great person. I miss him. And he came down, the only other guy to come down the same path as me. Guess who he was a protege of? Custom model. Before me. And he had a, guess who had a fallen out like I did at the end with him? Joey Ferriello. A similar path. We became friends later because of that. Mm-hmm. And we worked in the same gym together for years, Gleason's. And <clears throat> he was getting ready to fight, I think it was Harold Volbrick, uh, for the welterweight title. And Breland broke his hand. Nobody knows this. And he broke his hand. He's got a broken hand. So fights off, right, Ken? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, Joey, Mark, Joey's the head. They understand this was the right guy to fight. You, you, you got him. But if you don't fight him, you might never get this fight again. If you pull out because of a broken hand, someone else is going to fight him, and maybe a better guy becomes the champion, and the opportunity passes. One the, quick thing the, that reminds me of you when you fought was it when Michael fought uh, Holyfield, and you said, "If you don't step up right now, the next guy is going to beat him." Yes, this was the moment. You got to grab your moment. You got to grab your moment. I'm going to say it a third time, Ken. You got to grab your moment. Forget about diarrhea. <laughs> no, really, really. Forget about all that other stuff. Grab your moment. Believe. Grab it. And Joey Ferriello, a real trainer, a real trainer. There's not a lot of real trainers around and a teacher. Not too many of them around. He says, no, 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 no. We'll get the hand fixed later. 
You know, I'm not putting your life in jeopardy. Mm. I'm not putting your It's a tough. People, that's tough, Teddy. Oh, that's tough. We're not in the opera business. <laughs> we're not. We're not singing. Um, what do you call those? Those fancy names for those? Those real? You know, the real high. Uh, a tenor or uh, um. No, no, it's like the piece. It's like a, a operatic piece. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not singing those. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When we're not, we're in the boxing fight business. Life is a fight too, and you know what? You get. Sometimes you got to fight with a bloody nose. <laughs> Sometimes you got to fight with a broken hand. And we'll get it fixed later. There's going to be time to fix it later. But there might never be a time to win this title the way we can win it now. You're winning it now with a broken hand. He went out there and knocked him out in four rounds. I believe four rounds. Rob, again, Rob the truth will all come out. But I know I'm close. And here we go, baby. When he does that, what what as a trainer, what do you do with the hand? Is there anything you can do differently? Can you wrap, no, you wrap it differently? It, no, you listen. You you maybe you get a shot. Well, you mm. think these football players don't get shots? You go out there and play with a little tear in their meniscus or, or something, and then you get it fixed later. Tore it all they take. Uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get a shot. You get a mm-hmm. shot in the hand. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's not PEDs. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. basically numbs it, right? Yeah. So, so he, so I'm just, I'm just saying that you grab the opportunity. You know, you grab the opportunity uh, with the moment, when that moment. When that moment is there. Yeah. I thought it was really unfair criticism because Wilder said it in the ring as well. It kind of threw him under the bus. He said, you know, my corner threw in the towel. I want to go out on my it shield. It was unfair. Well, but, but that's the point is that Mark Breland did the right thing. And again, who's got a... Who is better suited, Ken, to make that decision than a guy, and I'm not knocking the other guy. Mm-hmm. He's the head trainer. But he never fought, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Who's better suited, him or Mark Rillen? I just went through all this stuff with Mark Rillen to make the point. Yeah. Who's better suited to make that freaking decision? Yeah. I think Rillen. And he made a decision, and now he's being ostracized for it. He's going to be fired. He's going, whatever. What? But he knew this is a guy who fought with a broken hand. So it's not like he's not afraid to face, you know, danger or risk, you know. But this is a different risk. This is a guy who's semi-conscious. He knows where he's at. He knows what's coming next. He did the right thing. He might have saved his life. I don't want to be overdramatic. No, but you're but, right. But, That's but, fair. He, but, I mean, and he did the right thing. And for me, the fighter should stand up for him. I, I I get it. I, I have a feeling and, he will. I think and, when the dust settles, they're going to say, you know what? He. I know for the people out there, they're going to say, but wait a minute, Teddy. Your own words. I'm starting to sound like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Stephen A. Wait a minute, Teddy. Your own words. He always has that eraser. So he can still come back. You know, the eraser don't mean diddly squat when your legs are gone. Yep. When your mind is gone. Yeah. When, when you're no longer there. Because guess what? Yeah, the razor, where is it? Is it down there? No, it's up here. To be delivered, it needs down here. Mm-hmm. It needs down here to be set. Down here was gone. Down here was was out to lunch. It, 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 went, it went north of Dakota somewhere. <laughs> so 
to deliver this, this had to be here. So you could still have that puncher's chance. He didn't have it no more. He didn't have it no more. I'll go that far. That far. And that's going far. I'm putting myself on a limb. But not really. Not really because I understand what I understand. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling when the dust settles, like I said, a wilder, cooler heads will prevail. I get that he's upset at the time, but what's his mo- what's Breland's motivation? He's only looking out for you. you but what's human was- nature? Ken, what's human nature to blame someone else? Very few yeah. people. How many people in this world can take it on their shoulders and say, yeah, no, it was me. It was me. And and if anyone, if anyone, you want to blame all of them for the most important thing, forget about that. About not teaching them how to fight. What about that? You know, I had to laugh with one of the commentators during the night. Uh, just, I'm just saying, I'm not knocking any commentators, but one of them said, oh, gee, Wilder's legs are too far. No wonder he's got no balance. He, he needs to get his legs closer. Th- that needed to be done a long time ago. You ain't doing it in the locker room. You ain't teaching him in the corner. That's something that you guys should have noticed as commentators a long time ago when he was winning. Nobody noticed that his feet were too wide then too. They didn't suddenly get too wide, but he still landed the punch and we forgot about it. We forgot about it because he got the hammer across. Speaking of the commentators, it was nice to hear some of your uh, expressions on the uh, broadcast from Tim Bradley. Once in a while, I'd like him to say, like Teddy Atlas would say, punchers are born, they're not made. (laughs) It's interesting to hear a lot of your uh, material being regurgitated with no footnote. Nevertheless... So we got a new lineal champ, new WBC champ. How do you rank the top five heavyweights? You know, I, uh, I, I think that first of all, you got, you got to put, you, you take three of them right away. Joshua, right? The champions, uh, or and the ex champion. So you you got those guys, and then then it's you know then it's a free fall. You know, you you gotta. I like tested guys. You know, you still can go with undefeated guys that there's potential, there's promise. But you also want to go with guys that have been weather tested a little bit, right? Acid tested or not acid tested, at least at least through some kind of fire. Um, you got the Dylan White. You know, he's a physical, strong guy. He lost to Joshua early in his career, wasn't ready for him. But since then, he's had he's he's got a pretty good resume mm-hmm. you know of of wins of beating guys like parker and yep. you know parker uh, who beat ruiz yeah who beat ruiz so so that's four you know and and then i i go with a wild card and i know i'm probably wrong hey hey admit i'm wrong <laughs> i'm probably wrong but i'm gonna go by something and also by potential and by my instinct and and listen, there's there's five other guys you could mention before this guy that have been more tested in the heavyweight waters, uh, you know, and they got more of a resume to back it up. But I'm gonna go with Uzik, uh, only because he was first of all he was a gold medalist. They're pretty special in the Olympics, and he was a unified cruiserweight champ. Beat the beat everybody. Beat everyone. Had every belt. Had the World Boxing Super Series title. He did everything. And and now he's up in heavyweights. And I know he might not be big enough. I get it. I get. But when you start to look at these guys and the flaws and everybody that these guys have and the up and downs on different nights that they could be uh, they could be uh, Dr. Jekyll and then the next night they could be Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start to look at that and, and see that that they, they could be different people on any different night and there's no consistency and i think that's fair 
uh, there. Maybe the most consistent guy so far is Fury, so let's be fair about that. Um, I, I, I fit him in because he knows how to win. And because he's special in that way and because he hasn't been beaten. And I know there's other undefeated guys there too. And again, there's a few other guys. If you give me the list, if you if you show me the list, I, I in two seconds, I'll go down it. But Robert put it up and I'll say, boom, 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 boom. But I think that's a good start. But I'll say this. Obviously, um, top rank and ESPN, they're, they're drunk with giddiness. All right. <laughs> to say the least. To or say high. the least. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and and, uh, and so and they are and and deservingly, but uh, not so fast. But before you go and say, I know the one that they're going to go for. They they have a rematch. I don't know if you knew this, but yeah. they have a rematch clause. They got it before the fight and. And they each had it. They yeah. had 30 days to activate it no matter they who got lost. A, and they're going to activate it right away. And yeah. they had a 50-50 split in this fight, 60-40. Whoever wins, 60-40 to the winner in the rematch. And they're somewhere around the neighborhood of $50 million they made. It was not that bad. And <laughs> and then, but Wilder's going to enact his people. I don't know if he's so quick to want to do it. Maybe. But his people, I think, have already put a statement out where we're in. Shelly Finkel. We're, uh, he said yeah. they're going to do it. Yeah, we're, we're in, uh, you know... He's taking a lot of punches in his life, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, there I am being mean. I'm, I, I'm being mean. I learned it from, I can't blame other people. And so he he's going to enact, they're, they're going to enact on his part, I guess. And maybe it's from him too. Um, you would hope so. The rematch clause. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you get it. You get it that Aaron wants control. They they they're on the throne, just like he went in on the throne. They really are on the throne, and and they got they control they they control a big part of the heavyweight title right now. They're on top of the world. They're the boss man. They're in position. Oh boy, oh boy, you know they're 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 the they're the guy. They're the boss, and so you figure, okay, they're gonna they're gonna control all aspects of it now, and they're gonna do that but there's a guy named Joshua out there where he was putting 90,000 fannies in the seats at Wembley Stadium fighting the doormen (laughs) at the King's Arms (laughs) restaurants you know yep where they I we talked about this earlier over there, across the pond, where my my brother's over there, you know, I love the cheeseburgers with the egg on top. <laughs> it's really, it, it, I like it. It's a nice. It's really, it's a nice touch. <laughs> it really is. And they, if he could put ninety thousand fannies into Wembley Stadium fighting guys that are, you know, basically delivering you those cheeseburgers with the eggs on top, can you imagine? All I got, can you imagine what this fight would do? I got one thing. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Ken, they're going to have to build another stadium. I mean, forget about Wild. And I'm not trying to, I'm being businesslike. I'm being honest. It, it, Yeah, it'd be interesting a trilogy. I get it. I get it. Even though in some ways it wasn't a great fight. Again, it was one side. It was a beat down. There was sloppiness. But it was great because of, Everything else mm-hmm. because of the drama, very much all that. But what I'm saying is that, as much as those people on that side of 
the ledger, top rank and ESPN, and they they got the right to say it. That that's the fight. No, no, no. If you're really looking at the biggest possible fight, and it might be the biggest fight in the history of this sport, as far as money at least. Yeah. As far as and 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 with social media and everything else that's there now that wasn't there when Ali fought Frazier, you know, for the fight of the century. When you think about all that, this fight is gonna. It's, uh, can you imagine? Joshua and Fury with their connections from over there, from across the pond. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And with the with the personality of Fury, and you know, the last we saw him, he was going in as the king, and now he's the king. Can can you imagine? I mean, this is this is the same. He's got the same effect as Conor McGregor has in the UFC. Yep. He makes everything bigger. Hey, and now he's justified it. Now he's validated it. He's legitimized it. You know, he's done it. Forget it. That fight, I, I don't care how you talk about it uh, until the cows go home. The cows come home. But Wilder and Fury is a pimple compared to Joshua and Fury. Oh, I agree. It, it, it's, but I'm just saying that compared to Joshua, with, with everything there that I just described, forget you're gonna need a bigger boat. If there was a way to um, get him to step aside and like maybe they can work a deal where Wilder's guaranteed the winner of that fight and contract get, and get Pavetkin contract. to step aside and let's just make the fight because we've already seen what happens when Anthony Joshua gets upset by Ruiz. If ever there was a fight to make, this to is it. To your point, Ken, to your point, that forget about contract. If it's big enough, yep. as big as I think it is, you can always find a way around contracts. Exactly. You can always find a way. Pay him to step aside, right? You can always find a way around, you know, uh, 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 automatic uh, rematch clause. You know, like Don King, I said this earlier, you know, it's not a good thing. But Don King used to say, when he broke contracts, he used to say, when's the last time you saw a contract get in the ring? <laughs> I know it's horrible. How it's about terrible. this? How about this? We have Wilder fight Pavetkin on the undercard of Fury Wilder, a uh, Fury and um, AJ winners. Winners fight each other, or whatever, to get Pavetkin and Wilder to step aside from their their contracted fights with each with each of the two, and let AJ and uh, Fury fight in Wembley. And, and who what do you, an event! And, and who do you have Wilder fight? Pavetkin. Uh, uh, yeah, Pavetkin. I'm uh, sorry, not Pavetkin. Um, who does uh, Pulev? Sorry, Pulev has the next fight with AJ. I think Pulev's the IBF mandatory, so we take Pulev having look, step keep aside. Keep this down a second, Rob, and I'm going to go over it in a second. Start at the beginning, but you know, and thank you for putting that up. My here's the thing: with in all seriousness, yeah. you're not going to risk Wilder. Now, here's what I think should be done. This is what I would do. First of all, I think, and I'm, again, it's. Sometimes you, you come across like you're knocking someone. I'm not knocking anyone. But if you're going to speak the truth that's not spoken everywhere. Yeah. You know, if you're going to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. Mm -hmm. Right? And so if you're going to speak the truth, you're going to, sometimes you got to say things that can be hard on somebody. But for me, you got to, you got to clean house maybe. You got to get some new teachers. Someone to teach them something he was never taught. Let's just say, I don't know they're going to go that path. But for Wilder, really, that's the problem. Do you think realistically you no, can change his style that. and time for uh, even if I don't know what kind of months? I don't know what kind of student he is, but you could find out. Yeah. Because you never found out. You could find out. 
And I don't know if he could take his ego and put it where it needs to be after he's been winning so much doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And you could tell him you got to learn something new. I don't know if he's if he's made up that way where he could handle that. I don't know. I don't know. There's only one way to find out. What I'm saying is that if you went that route and you brought someone new in to teach him, there's very few teachers out there in this business. There's a lot of guys that tell you, go do five rounds there, six rounds there, and three over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me finish my coffee. They'd be quite but, surprised but, if they spent a day I'm, in the gym with you. I'm just saying that if the, if you did take that route and you taught him, I I know if I was doing it, I would want one fight. And I know the I know that I know the difficulty of what I'm gonna say. I, I I'm gonna qualify it. I would want one fight with a safe guy. I know anything could happen, but you could get safe guys. Mm-hmm. With a safe guy, a confidence builder, but also a dress rehearsal of the stuff that he learned before I go in with that. Yeah. So the point I'm saying is they're not going to fight anybody in between while they're waiting. That could be a risk where you don't know what he's going to be his next fight back. Yeah, That's the only place you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're right. You know what I mean? And while I just remembered, before we get to this, I want to say one other thing. The genius, I didn't know I was going to come here calling Fury a genius all day, <laughs> but the genius of Fury he took his last fight where some people knocked him. He fought, uh, what was the guy's name? He fought Wallen and Wallen yeah. Schwartz. He fought Wallen in his last fight to Southpaw, the guy that was a little more, bit of a scare more with. durable than we thought or people thought. And he got a bad cut. Very but, but bad. He, but he made it. But listen, he started off boxing mm-hmm. in that fight. That's then right. Then he got the bad, here it is. He got the bad cut. And what did he do? He completely changed and he went, to go get him. He grinded it out. Yeah. He grinded out a victory completely unfury like. Yes. Threw away his assets of his reach and, and, and his legs and everything. And he just got down and dirty and he went to work mm-hmm. and he got it done. Guess what? I just realized it was a dress rehearsal for this fight. He, he, I think in that fight right there, here's a headline for you. Rob's going to make this into a clip. Here's a headline for you. I think that's where he came up with his idea for the strategy. In, in his fight with uh, Wilder, right, right there, right there. I hadn't when, even thought about that angle that he, since he fought, since he fought Wallen from the second half of that fight, he had the same style in that second half that he had in the first half of the Wilder fight, and which ended up finishing him, finishing forced, Wilder. He got forced into that situation, Ken, and realized he could do it. Yeah, he got forced into that out of adversity mm-hmm. with the cut. He had to go do something that he never did. Yeah, foreign to him. Had to just go get it. And he did. And he realized he could. And it stayed with him. Mm-hmm. And it became a sort of a dress rehearsal for the rematch with Fury. Yeah. Or an eye opener yeah. for Fury, too, because That's, he was, he was, it was a pretty even fight when Wallen was putting up a good fight and cut him. And then when Fury picked it up, that's where he turned the tide and started to take control of that fight. Let's look at these guys now. You were asking me the top yep. five. All right, Dylan White. So I'm pretty much on money. So you got, all right, you got those first three. Okay, that's that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Dylan. I'm, I'm going to remove Ortiz. Now, I, I'm not trying to be hurtful to anyone, but he's 41 years old. Uh, at he, least. At least. And he lost, he lost, how old are you? 
Uh, can uh, we see paper? I'll, I'll be 40. Can we see papers? <laughs> I'll be 49 in May. Uh, can you bring papers next time? <laughs> All right. So we got. They only had papers back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it disintegrated by now. So you got. All right, so I'm going to remove Ortiz. I, I know that he's a southpaw. He's a good puncher. He, he knows how to fight. He was a Cuban amateur. He's got a good pedigree. But he's had his two bites at the apple. Is that fair? Yeah. He's had his two bites Definitely. at the apple. And he got stopped both times, right? So I'm going to go past him. Andy Ruiz, you know, um, I, I keep him in the mix. I keep him in the mix, but... But still, he in some ways he's got to earn his right back. Fair, right? Is that fair? fair? Yeah. Because what happened? Last it's time? crazy though to think that we've got him working his way back in. When six months ago or three, whenever it was, whenever he lost to Joshua, prior to that fight, he had all the belts except well, for the WBC. That's very true. And and I'll give him another chance. <laughs> yeah. Right, the right way. Povetkin. Before we go in, he's a gold medalist. I trained him. Yep. We won the world title together. W. I think it was the WBC, um, some years ago. But anyway, uh. He's 40 years old almost. He, he's almost 40. Got to be. I feel I like he's he, been around forever. I think he might be 40, but whatever. Yeah. He's on the doorstep of 40. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to be a little hesitant with him, but but I know he's in the mix. He's right there. And Pulev. The kissing bandit. I, I mean, a lot of people think he can't fight. Yeah. A lot of people think that uh, he's a guy that's already been exposed. Mm-hmm. But, of course, he's got the right connections, and you know he's right there. So I'm not going to pull my – Parker – you know, Parker's a good boxer, and Parker's only losses. You know, he beat Ruiz. He, you know, uh, he lost to Dylan White, and he lost to Joshua. So, you know, pretty good resume there. But he hasn't been real active, and I, I, I don't get excited. Um, so, and then there's Usyk. Yeah. Wow. See, I move him up again for the for the reason. And Hunter was an Olympian too, right underneath him, an American Olympian. But he he didn't beat the forty year old Povetkin in his last fight. If he did, I'd have him right up there. Yeah. Just so people that want to hate me for the Hunter thing, because these <laughs> they're haters, gonna hate you anyway. They, they, Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? They're all over the place. Yeah. They're like ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Look out! There it comes. <laughs> and, and, and so I'm I'm gonna move Usyk up for. I think I broke it down for yeah. me the right way. Yeah. I'm going to move Usyk up because he's got the biggest upside because he's undefeated. He was a dominant force in the cruiserweights. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He's very interesting. Mm. And so and he's very yeah. intelligent. So that's... that's. Is this how you have the, so, go so you got him, number one, you got Tyson Fury. Yeah, of course. And then we've got Joshua right below him. You keep you keeping. Um, I'm gonna keep Wilder because I agree. You know, I I gotta keep him there, uh, and, and uh, I'm gonna put Dylan White because you know number the four. guys that he's beaten, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm gonna move Usyk up to number five. Five and six, I'd have uh, Usyk and uh, Ruiz, and yes, I could go either fair. way with those two. That's fair. That'd Ruiz. be actually be an interesting matchup. Both re- probably the same height. Uh, much different physiques, but probably not too far off in weight, depending on how Ruiz trains. But he should probably be around um, Usyk's weight. Well, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. Um, before we wrap up, this on, was a good. This was I, I, again. You know, I did the thing before you got here with Rob with answering questions, and I'm repeating myself, but I think it's worth repeating. Important things sometimes should be repeated. We did it to thank you guys, mm-hmm. you know, just to to take the time to do it. It's not a big deal, but 
it takes time and it takes really, you know, just a thought that we wanted to do it just to say thanks to, to your support, to you guys being here and continue to be here and continue to grow more and more so we can do this. There's a reason to do it. And the only reason to do it is because you think there's a reason to do it because you say there's a reason to do it. And that's the reason why we spend an hour answering the questions. And I always do that because I want to give back what you give us. So final notes on that fight. Just FYI, they set a record at the gate, 16.9 million in ticket sales. 15. Can I qualify that? Sure. Because I know it's a great thing. Yeah. But I think when I say it, you're, you're a numbers guy. You're a finance guy. You're, you're the right guy to say this to. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being dead serious. It's not as significant or as grandeur or as huge as first blush. And I'll tell you, listen, I'm taking nothing. People can say, oh, you have an axe to grind with top rank. No, 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 no. I think I've proven already that I say what I believe, not based on emotions, not based on, you know, likes or dislikes, but based on what I believe to be true and the reason why I believe it. Nothing else. I'm not moved by that other stuff. I, I try to be, I, I'm not perfect. I try to be better every day. But I, my reputation is all I have. So it, it hangs over me mm-hmm. that, that I, it says, Teddy, say it for the right reason. Whatever you say, don't say it out of anger or out of hate or any of that. Say it because you want to have your reputation. It's important. You can only have a reputation once, mm-hmm. credibility once, legitimacy once. So all I say is it's not quite, it's great. It's the biggest person. You're going to go into it more. The biggest gate, you know, ever for a heavyweight fight. But the one that it surpasses was Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, ticket price yeah. is a little different. Uh, I'm, a I'm just lot saying, different. A lot different. I'm just saying, when you look at it that way, oh, Teddy, I didn't think about that. I'm just saying, to put it in the proper perspective, history-wise, that the ticket prices, and there it is, tonight's heavyweight title between Tyson Fury, um, Wilder has officially broken the record for heavyweight gating, according to top right president Todd DeBuff, the previous, and congratulations, guys. The previous record was set in 99 by Lewis Holyfield at 16, so they broke it. We, they didn't break it by a lot, but whatever, they broke. All I'm saying is the significance in reality is not as great as it sounds because... Yeah, they better break it. Yeah. The, the, no, that's the, very the fair. Ticket prices are a hundred times more. Uh, not a hundred, I'm exaggerating. I'll but I'll bet you they're but, at least a several times more but than But they're more. a lot more. A lot more. So so that that that's that's gotta be figured into the mix of understanding that. Especially when you consider that I think it was it was Fury's fight either against Wallen or Schwartz. I'm not sure exactly which one, but they announced the gate at eight thousand ticket eight thousand attendees. 4,000 were comped. So they have 4,000 people. Now, granted, it's a different opponent, but I'm saying those numbers, why they're significant is because there's just so much meaning in them. If you just look at the gate, 8,000 people, all oh, pretty good. 4,000 were for free. So that means 4,000 people went to pay to go. And um, they had 15,000 uh, plus people in the arena um, last night. And um, 
Just before we go, one other quick note unrelated to this fight. I was mentioning to you, I went to the um, Ryan Garcia fight. Ryan Garcia main event, more or less fighting an opponent. Showcase fight, Jorge Linares on the under on the co-main potential matchup for those two, if, assuming that they both won. They both did by incredible knockout, like vicious knockout. But the point I wanted to, the thing I wanted to point out is, I went there assuming it was going to be like, um, I mean, I've been to a million fights where it's a showcase fight. Maybe there's four or 5,000 people here. And I was looking at the tickets before I went and uh, to the fight. What, what, what were tickets going for? There was like three tickets left in the whole arena in the top ring of the Honda Center where the uh, Anaheim Ducks play. When I'm telling you, there must have been 10,000 plus. I was shocked. 10,000 plus fo- people. He's got a following. Incredible. I mean, this kid He's is, young. How old is he? He's I, early 20s. Young, young, yep. good-looking kid. Incredibly handsome kid. He's got like several million Getting followers the right results, knocking guys out. Doing what he's supposed to do. Getting in there and getting I, I don't know I who mean, he's fighting. If they, But I'm just saying. The, the, guy results, he fought, the guy he fought, I, I want to say against Tank, he went like four to eight rounds. And against someone else, he went rounds. So everyone else had rounds. Doesn't really tell you much. But the point is, he's doing what he has to do. Be interesting kid to keep an eye on. I mean, the crowd was insane. It was shocking. You know Everyone was there to think? see him. Everything you're describing, everything you're coloring in for me, makes me think two things. Matinee Idol. Is that fair? Yeah, very much. The, the girls got to love him. Love him. Uh, all right. So Matinee Idol. And you know, believe it or not, who I know because when I say this, people are going to go a little bit. Only because the transformation of what he represented and was then and what he is now. But Oscar De La Hoya. Because it's exactly the, like Oscar. Yeah, because back then he was a matinee idol. It's exactly I, like him. You know, people went crazy. He, he drew the crowds. The, people went nuts for him. They loved him, and the girls loved him. You know, and he's not quite the same now. But but I'm just saying, he was... So, uh, to me, I see that parallel. Is that on, fair? Very fair. On top of that, it was like Celebrity Central. Now, granted, I'm a little bit old and out of the loop for some of these uh, YouTube stars. But there were like YouTube personalities there that had their own security, like proper celebrity, like A-list status. I didn't know who any of them were, but they were being treated like they were A-list. It was just, I just found it's incredibly interesting that that many people were there to see some young kid fight an opponent. And he delivered, and it was, uh, man, it was, it was, I got to say, it was a fun event. I was sitting in press row with Steve Kim, and we were just kind of both scratching our head, like, I can't believe this kid brought this many people out in Anaheim. It was, it was impressive. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. He's definitely a headliner going forward. And, uh, they're talking about matching him with Linares, who also won by knockout on the, um, Comey. Linares getting long in the tooth. Very much. So it's probably the right time. Yeah. Everyone looks for the right time, the right yep. thing, and um, he's getting you know he's getting a little long in the tooth. Yep. Well, that's it. I just wanted to point that out. I'll leave it there for now. But um, guys, again, today's episode is brought to you by Teddy's uh, audio book Atlas: From the Streets to the Ring: A Son's Journey to Become a Man. Check it out on Audible.com. Excellent read. I think you'll really enjoy listening to it if you like the book. There's something there for everyone. Thanks for being with us, Teddy. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. Do me a favor. I know you're my friend and you you do the right thing. Shave so I don't have to continue wearing a suit and tie. All right. All right. That's fair. Thank Guys, you. thanks for being with us. Please, if you like the show, leave a review, share it. You know the drill. Thanks, guys. Thanks.